Hi everyone. So in today's episode, we speak to the lovely Kim Mortimer. Since 2017, Kim has been head coach at Stratford Shark Swimming Club. Having been a competitive swimmer herself, she found her love of swimming, which eventually led her to coaching. She's got a passion for getting the best out of people, which may explain why Kim actually became a PE and PSHE secondary school teacher initially. However, her love of swimming prevailed and between 2015 and 2016, she volunteered as a coach on the Loughborough Fast Swimming Programme, which is where she also gained her MSc. Since then, she's been head coach of the Warwickshire County Programme in 2019 and 2020, and also head coach of the ESSA West Midlands team in 2020, having been on these teams previously as a skills coach. Today, we talk to Kim about these roles and how it's a great way of creating links, how she builds an atmosphere in the club in which her athletes can thrive in, her time with Ian Armiger, our former coach, as her mentor, and how it is being a female coach in what is currently a fairly male-dominated career and the advantages that she sees from this. We also talked to her about her coaching philosophies as she guides us from us back into the water after lockdown. Thank you for listening, guys. Thanks to Kim for speaking with us, and we really hope you enjoy the episode. Hi everyone. Hi Kim, how are you? Hi, yeah, I'm good. How are you guys? Really well, thank yeah, you. Good, yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Nice sunny. Yeah, no probs. Thank you for asking me. You're very, very welcome. So Kim, <laughs> swimming. Why, why swimming? How did you get into it? Like, how did you end up here being head coach of, of Sharks? Um, so, I think... Obviously, I'm going to be saying a bit about me, and I'm sure a lot of people know that already. So, uh, sorry if I'm kind of repeating myself. But I think for me, coaching's always been there. Like, I started coaching when I was 16, and I did it throughout all my degrees, like at Worcester. So, I did it through my undergrads and I did it through my PGCE. And then when I ended up going into teaching full time, which was for about eight years, um, it was kind of still there. And um, it's kind of because I used to swim myself so it was kind of like that easy transition just to kind of come from you know a swimmer to coaching and um I guess I kind of went up the ranks in the club you know junior coach senior coach stuff like that and I was coming up to um, the grand age of 30 and I I know right and um I kind of needed to make a change like in my life um I'd also had always wanted to do my master's degree like since I finished te- uh, my PGCE and it was kind of always there and I thought right if I don't do it now I'm, I'm never I'm never going to do it so I kind of made a really big decision of like giving up my full-time job as a teacher yeah. and um, thinking back now it was probably quite a radical thing to do but it was one of those things it was just something I had to do so ended up doing my MSc at Loughborough because um, that's where I wanted to go kind of learning from the best and kind of being able to necessarily get in that kind of Loughborough swim program that you guys were in and um and then I obviously completed that in the year and then the position of head coach came up when the previous head coach had um, applied for a different job and got that job and it was kind of just an easy transition really to say right I'll give this a go and my thought process was only to give it a go for a year and obviously I'm there probably four years down the line now (laughs) Uh, I know Um, so yeah that's kind of how I kind of got into it and obviously the rest is history as that as they say yeah definitely so you're obviously enjoying it and uh, like you know to be there a lot longer than what you thought you were going to be 
Yeah, I think um, I know we're going to have a talk a little bit later about um, about other bits and bobs. But I think um, when you kind of go into a program and you become in a position of a kind of leadership position, it does take you a bit of time to kind of change the culture. And I think in my thought process, I was like, oh, it'll take me a year to change the culture. It'll be fine. And it took a lot longer than that. And I think when we started getting results and, you know, we started becoming a bit more of um, a presence on poolside at open meets and things like that, it kind of just kind of carried on from there, really. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, four years down the line, still there at the moment. So <laughs> not in the pool, obviously, hopefully by the weekend. So, yes. Yeah. Well, like you say, it's culture, isn't it? And you want, as a head coach, I guess you want to create a culture that you think everyone's going to thrive in. And, you know, that does take a bit of time. It takes time to learn about each individual swimmer. No one's the same. They're not all robots, you know, and what makes them tick to really get the best out of them. And then to do that as a, as a club, as a whole group, like you say, it can take a bit of time. And it's it's a really nice kind of, I don't know, challenge in a way, I guess, uh, to, to take on. And I find that quite enjoyable, I think. But I mean, you've, you've done lots of different things. Um, and mo like recently, you've been, let me just get this right. So head coach for the County Pathway team in 2019. Yep. And also yep. head coach of the West Midlands team for the English Schools Association yep. uh, in 2020. So can you tell us a little bit about those roles, sort of like how you got into those? And What's it like kind of being in that network of coaches within those? Does that, is that something that really helps you, you enjoy or uh, how do you? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the head coach of the county, so um, hasn't been running for very long. I believe it's been like four years, possibly. Um, I'm sure somebody will correct, correct me with that date. Um, but um, so potentially how it works is um, you have the same head coach of the county for two years and you have to apply for it. And then from that point, um, you get accepted. Um, and that's kind of what I did. I got approached to um, put my name forward. Um, and I think a lot of it probably was because of what I was doing with the club and being more present on poolside and getting kind of medals through open meets and things like that. And um, what happened was um, obviously got, got on that. And um, it's, it's a really good kind of program because it's around the county. You have 36 swimmers that are selected from your county from, from the, uh, for the for us Warwickshire. Obviously, we did get that selection because we did have our county championships before the lockdown. So we were very fortunate. Um, um, so this year, obviously, I'm head coach this year as well, but hasn't necessarily gone the way it should have done normally. Um, and it'll be slightly different as well. But potentially, that's kind of how it works. And then you have... Um, the opportunity for skill coaches to apply for the positions so it's a role where um, as head coach you are obviously advising parents and the swimmers and also supporting those skill coaches to, to develop themselves okay. and it's on a program through Swim England that you have to follow and it's really good because I think um, even for me because I don't know everything but it might be that somebody brings in some other ideas and does something slightly different that you can learn from as well and it's really great because when you're on poolside at different meets, I mean, I've done it before where you talk to other swimmers from different clubs, you know, and you actually get to know a bit of a bond with them as well. And they come up and tell you how they're doing and things. And it just allows you to be a bit more kind of open and just learn a bit more as, as kind of as the program goes. It's only three sessions and it's normally it's April, uh, June and September. 
and there's just a range of things like nutrition, lifestyle, um, like skill-based work and just gets you ready for if you are to go in the next like regional camp or, or whatever it is really. So that's kind of how I kind of got into that position. Um, and the head of the S's was quite a surprise really. I, again, I just got approached by that. I just got an email saying, did you want to do it? And I said, yeah, why not? Wasn't entirely sure what it was about, but um, <laughs> you know, I thought I'll, I'll learn as I go. And it was, it was absolutely brilliant. It was, um, so Neil is there is kind of a team manager and he kind of selects the, the teams mainly on, again, results and British rankings. And it was just so great to see swimmers that have been to Europeans and other things, you know, quite, you know, British champs and stuff like that. So it was a very mix of um, swimmers. And again, you get to work with different coaches. So I got to work with Jess from City of Coventry and, you know, we just worked as a team on poolside um that one was slightly different because because a lot of the swimmers we only literally met the day before like we didn't know them it was a very different setup because um obviously you have to be a little bit careful on what feedback you give the swimmers even though they're not your swimmers because you don't want to be disrespectful to their home coaches or anything like that and it was really nice because we kind of did it um a bit more talking to the swimmer and saying right what did you think how how do you think that went you know what would your home coach say and they were just fantastic um and I have put my name down for next year but I yeah. don't know if, if I'm allowed to do it again because I think it's only one head coach for one year but right. hopefully Neil will hear this hopefully Neil <laughs> will hear this and then he'll go oh yeah we'll get Kim back on board um but yeah so basically so basically that's that's what it is on on that one so yeah so I'm really really grateful for actually both of both opportunities really to kind of just mentor coaches because i love i love doing that so excellent yeah, yeah it sounds like you uh had some good good opportunities there nice experiences yeah doing it. yeah definitely definitely yeah good took quite a bit away like you say it's a bit like about the community as well you'd end up speaking yeah. that weren't from your club on pools absolutely some things and just having a chat and i think it is Sometimes, obviously, it's a competitive thing. It is sport, mm -hmm. but yeah. you've got to have that kind of community feel. At the end of the day, everyone's goal is the same. They want to get faster. They want to get better. So if we can all help each other kind of do that a little bit, yeah, great. Like, I don't see the problem in, in doing that. And I know sometimes people feel a little bit awkward, but it, I think yeah. it's a great idea to do that. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's definitely like thinking it as a team. You know, and obviously when I went up to yeses, I didn't know. Obviously, I knew some of the swimmers, but not predominantly all of them. But they were just fantastic, like great team effort. And a funny story, actually, we got lost, so it took us seven hours to get up there. We were the last team up there, even though we are the close, not the closest, because it was in Sheffield. So that was quite nice walking on poolside in your bright orange t-shirts and jumpers. <laughs> Everybody can see you. Um, we couldn't really get away from that. But, you know, they did absolutely fantastic. And, yeah, it was that very much kind of that team effort. Everyone's working together. Everyone's pulling in to just kind of um, work within themselves. And I think it's really important that, you know, as you say, everyone's got the same, you know, the same drive. And, you know, it is a team effort as well as an individual sport. There, there also needs to be that team element yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, very good. It seems like obviously that um, sort of mentality you've got, sort of being open-minded and learning from other people, you've, you've taken into shocks. Like we know obviously like we can come and work with you guys a few different times, yeah. been away with you and to Croatia and things. Are you all 
Ian In, who's obviously our old coach, and uh, he was your, what was his role, like mentor for like a year or something? Is that yes. Yeah. So, I know, yeah, I did learn a lot from Ian, definitely. Yeah. So, um, I was very fortunate that I obviously got into Loughborough doing my MSc, and I approached um, Loughborough Fast Swimming to say, like, could I do a bit of hours with them? And um, I met Ian on kind of the first day and yeah absolutely just fantastic guy <laughs> and I um I started working with him kind of twice a week during my MSc so I'd already kind of built that bond up with him I'd already kind of learned how he did things and I think it was leading up to Rio actually that I kind of right. helped um with um with that and that was an amazing experience to kind of see how that went and um when I became head coach um, because I hadn't been in a leadership or management role prior to head coach, the, my trustees thought um, they wanted to give me a bit of support and potentially, um, you know, offer me a mentor for, for um, whether it was for six months or a month or a year, whatever it was. And straight away, I was like, you need Ian. That's who you need. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I wouldn't say it, it, it gave, you know, I wouldn't say it was like a bit of persuasion, but I think because like we all know him and we know what he's like. And I think it was trying to explain to them like what he could bring to like myself and the other coaches and the swimmers and the club. And I think when they met him, they could definitely see where I was coming from. Mm. And because he'd um, also mentored Bradford and he'd um, kind of done, he'd actually done kind of brought a program up already um, that really much helped. So he came on for a year. He was known as our technical advisor and we, kind of just started again so we had to kind of put you know certain things in place to get going um and just try and refocus the club a little bit yeah. and it and I remember one of the meetings that he said talking about culture actually Amy a minute ago um he said to me he's like do you know what to change this culture it's going to take you about two or three years and I was like no it won't it won't and do you know what he was absolutely right it does take that long to kind of get a culture back um, but he was, he was brilliant and he kind of helped me get my confidence back a bit, I think, because prior to that, um, I'd kind of lost it a little bit for various things. And when I, when I had gone to Loughborough, he'd, um, I don't know if you were swimming in the time actually, Joe, on the Wednesday nights, but he kind of just left me to coach you guys, which I was a bit like, what? You just left me with like world-class swimmers, Olympic swimmers here, you can't do this. And you say, yeah, well, okay, bye. And I think I was like, oh my God, what are you doing? And I think, you know, it, you definitely build your confidence very quickly when you're put in that situation. So he was just a really great support for me and a really good guidance person to just, I think, try and remind me that the stuff that I was going through happens everywhere, like in every club, with every coach, you know, and I think that was one important thing that, that, was apparent for me that when I'd call him up and say look I've got this problem you know a bit stressed about it he would say do you know what this coach has also got this problem as well you're not the only person and it was quite nice to have that outside of your kind of uh, your club to remind you that you're not going you know you're not the only person going through it basically so yeah. he was really helpful and he's still you know he's still chats and catches up and stuff like that and if I need any advice you know he's he's still there which is fantastic so oh brilliant that's really really cool of um as of the swimming club as well because I don't seem to see that um very often in clubs I don't see the the coach gets 
a mentor or a technical advisor to come in too often? I don't, is, that, is that common in swimming, would you say, or, or not? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I don't think it's something that is done enough sometimes yeah. because I think when you're put into a head coach role, it's, you're, you're, you're kind of, your whole role changes because as well as just being a coach, you've got to be a manager, You've got to um, know your finances. It becomes a bit more of a business rather than a yeah. club. And I think having somebody there as a mentor is just such a, like just having that support is so helpful. But I think generally I don't see it that much. And I'm forever grateful for the club for allowing that to happen because I think that's probably why I'm still in the position I am today because I've had that support. If he was, if Ian was, you know, wasn't around, to support me then I don't know you know what would happen really but I don't see it as much um I mean you do get directors of swimming now yeah. so obviously they're more in that kind of higher role and and then you have like your, your head coaches and things and I guess that's probably a more of um a subtle way of doing it but yeah I don't necessarily see like a technical advisor coming in of somebody of his stature coming yeah. to just a small town club in Stratford um so so yeah I was very lucky and yeah yeah very grateful for it to happen really so yeah. Yeah. you mentioned that like one of the things you were looking at between you and Ian was um and you said to Amy it was like shifting yeah. culture and you thought yeah. it would take a year now in my mind a year seems 12 months seems like a long mm -hmm. time which is obviously what you initially thought the two <laughs> to three years what were those changes in culture you were trying to make and why why would it take so long to like yeah I think a lot of it is a lot of people's mindsets because yeah. I think when you come into a program obviously you want to make your mark and you want to kind of do the things your own way and whatever and I think what I had or what I found was was um I I do coach very differently to the previous head coaches um which is not a problem but I think a lot of it is people's mind people's perception of things so because it's been done a certain way for a long time it's very difficult sometimes to change people's mindset of actually we're doing it this way it is different to what we've done previously but it doesn't mean that it's wrong and I think it takes a, a long time to to kind of change as I say people's mindsets and and don't get me wrong during the year and during the two years i've i've had issues with coaches i had issues with swimmers i had issues with parents you know i had the full shebang really um <laughs> and a lot of it is is that i knew that i was doing the right thing because my results were showing me that and with ian and obviously other coaches that i'd started networking with and i would kind of found out what they were doing and you know i was absolutely 100 percent knew i was doing the right thing and it's difficult to kind of ignore people that are being a bit um, difficult in terms of trying to allow you to kind of move forward a bit. But I think consistency is the key. I think communication is really important. And don't get me wrong, it's something I'm still trying to develop now, communication. It's always a difficult one. Um, so I think, um, yeah, communication, um, fairness. So um, in terms of Stratford, we are a charity. So if I make any decisions within the club, I have to make sure that it's, e you know, it's equal to everybody. Financially, it's okay. So there's a couple of 
tick boxes, I guess, that I have to go through before I make any decision or I approach the trustees about it. And I think it's just, you know, a lot of positive praise as well. Because I think as soon as we started seeing the results, it was like saying to my swimmers, look, you can do this. It's, it's absolutely fine. You've just got to have some faith in yourself and you've got to kind of keep with your training and, you know, keep up with the belief that you can be the best you can. I mean, what we did was we obviously aligned all our criteria and we aligned all our kind of um, sessions, which made it in us, in our kind of setup, it made it a little bit more performance based in terms of the culture, the mindset, um, you know, nutrition and stuff like that, which I think really helped because other clubs were doing it. It wasn't just, just, you know, um, just kind of on a whim. But yeah, it did take some time and I still don't really feel like we're just there yet, if I'm honest. But obviously with lockdown, the good thing about lockdown is it's a new start for everybody. And I think, you know, if you had um, a few issues, you know, training or whatever before, I think it's really important to not like jump the boat quickly. So not like move a club quickly because you think it's going to be better for you. I think it's something that you need to just kind of get back into swimming in a in an environment that you know that's comfortable because it's going to be stressful anyway for everybody you know those first couple of sessions um so that's kind of um kind of how we went in terms of changing that culture and that mindset and yeah, yeah it, t- it took some time and yeah so <laughs> it felt like a bit like a swamp <laughs> yeah so it kind of like changes across the board then what <clears throat> excuse me what you were doing in the pool the training sets as they that, that yeah was, and it was always attitude to like competition, nutrition. It was, it was yeah. all over changes. Okay. Yeah, we, we kind of went in for the full shebang. We kind of did everything. Right, we thought yeah. we're going to change it. We might as well change everything at once, um, which, <laughs> you know, it's probably, yeah, in hindsight, it's probably not a, you know, a thing that you do. But I think everything marries up. So, if you know, if you've got the training right, then the mindset would be right. And then a competition would be right. And then it would kind of all be part of the puzzle. And then potentially that would then allow the athlete to be the best that they can. Um, but yeah, it, it took a time and I did find that there was a lot of um, resistance at times when I did kind of have to put things in place and, and, you know, and stuff like that. But it was just great to have him there to be like, no, we're doing the right thing. This is how we do it. And obviously the results, you know, married up with that. So Definitely. I mean, I do like that. What you said about you, you knew you were getting some resistance here and there, which is given that's, that's going to happen because (laughs) as humans don't like change necessarily. No. uh, Oh my God. No. Sit with what you're comfortable with very often. And it's a challenge to yourself outside of your comfort zone. And that's kind of, this is for the athletes and maybe the parents and everything as well. But you said about you just, you confident in what you were doing. You kind of had your philosophies and your, ways of doing things set and you yeah what you wanted and I think yeah having been an athlete before that's definitely what if you can see that in your coach it creates trust so you yeah definitely them and go with mm-hmm. what it is that yeah. they're being I think if if you come in and you're a little bit you know unsure of what you're trying to change and why you're trying to change it then that's different yeah you feel a bit, yeah, definitely. Oh, this is a bit rocky but yeah, yeah definitely. you had that confidence to to know what your principles were then I think that that really really helps but I mean obviously being being part of the club being head coach of the club creating sort of like a happy relaxed supportive environment where athletes can thrive 
is so important and it can be a bit of a balancing act um, at times obviously a lot of clubs have um, your coaching team and you have maybe committee a lot of which can be voluntary members in, in many clubs in Britain and obviously life would be boring if everyone had the same opinion so sometimes opinions mm -hmm. can clash about what's best for the club and what's best for the swimmers your interests are always going to be to, to have the swimmers be the best they can be I mean, as head coach, how do you ensure, because from the outside, it looks to us like Sharks runs nice and smoothly. So how do you ensure that that happens as a head coach? Um, I think, well, it hasn't always ran smoothly in terms of, you know, various things like most organisations and most clubs, really. Um, I think having people around you that are supportive and that... Um, that can see that you're trying your best and that have knowledge prior. So I was really lucky that I had a lot of my trustees that had been in the club a while and they'd seen like they'd been through different head coaches. So it was really helpful having somebody, you know, as, as kind of a bit of guidance of kind of like, right, this is what you need to do. This is when, you know, something really simple things like, um, you know, don't send loads of emails out in one day because parents can't, you know, kind of can't, yeah, can't uh, read them all. So it's kind of really silly little things like that to be kind of a bit more businesslike, I suppose. Um, I mean, for me, I, I've always been quite, um, quite supportive and try and be as relaxed as I can coach because I think that that is the, the best way to be because potentially... I know if I start getting stressed, they're going to pick up on it. And then <laughs> potentially that's going to be a nightmare. But I think a lot of my teaching training has, has kind of um, helped me do that with having to deal with, with pupils at school and things. Um, but I think having a great committee and having a great like volunteers like around me, supporting me, is probably the best thing that I've, that I've ever had. I think if I didn't have a supportive like trustees or committee, then it wouldn't work. Yeah. And they, they pretty much were happy for me, me and Ian to just go with it. And we would say, this is what we need to do. This is why we need to do it. And this is what, and, and obviously the results started coming and the results started coming. It became, came, you know, a little bit kind of a bit more relaxed and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, you know, I'm sure we've had parents before that have disagreed with what we've done and swimmers and things like that. But I think for me, it's, it's having support there. Because I remember when I first met with Ian in a meeting, it, it, it did shock me a little bit because I was like, oh my God. But he said like, he said, you need to make sure that you've got supportive people around you. You've got to make sure that you've got those trusted people that you can go and get advice from. So every decision that I made in the club, I'd probably spoken to two or three people prior to that. And there was a thought process behind it as well. And mm. obviously some things I was like, no, I don't need your advice on that. I'm going to go with it because I know that was the right thing. But there were some times where it was important just to get a bit more advice from a range of people just to double check really. But it is difficult when you have volunteers and you have, because um, as a head coach, you're kind of in the middle and you've got your swimmers, you've got your parents, you've got your trustees, you've got your committees. You're kind of like having to manage like five or four sets of groups, really. And, it, and everyone kind of wants you and, you know, you're pulling from pillar to post and, you know, and it is very difficult to have that. But 
one sense having a mentor was was really good because they just brought you back in line and said right no we don't need to worry about that at the moment because that's not necessarily urgent enough to deal with but you've got to deal with this so it was kind of just prioritizing things as well um and i think for me what i always said and i still still stick by this is that you know if i want my swimmers to turn up and train and on time then i need to be on time and i need to show from exam i need to kind of lead from example yeah. and that was also another thing that i was like right this is what we're doing and i'll be there and i felt like in that first year i obviously probably you know i know swing coaching for me is part-time that's my job but obviously it's never part-time is it so it's kind of like full full-time that year because it was just like oh gosh but i think it's definitely set us up for the future hopefully and when we get back in after lockdown we'll, we'll have to start again um but we're not starting from ground zero if that makes sense we're kind of a bit further along so hopefully that's answered your question a little bit amy hopefully yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. cool that's great what are um would you say cause i think all clubs have a different feel a different atmosphere obviously a lot of what we do is visiting different places and they've all got yeah. like I say atmosphere and feel and maybe different goals but like, you know, they're all aiming different. Everyone wants to swim fast. That's kind of a given. Mm-hmm. Their process of how they get there, whether they're more about pure performance or whether they're more about being supportive or all these different like things. Holistic types. Yeah, some are yeah. a little bit more holistic. You can feel that sense that and someone just openly tell you. Um, yeah. It's great because obviously athletes respond to different coaching styles everywhere they go. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like what, what would you... Can you articulate like how you, you what yours would be for shocks? Like what would the philosophies of the club be? Have you ever thought yeah. of those terms? Yeah, I think um I think for me was um was just adding in belief to the summers. Right. So like I always knew they could swim fast and I always knew they could swim you know faster than the, the, what they're currently doing, but yeah. they just didn't believe it themselves. And it was trying to instill like the belief in them. And also, as you say, going for that holistic approach. So I'm all about kind of mental well-being and kind of physical well-being as well. And just kind of um, developing these swimmers to be the best they can, regardless if that's county, regional, nationals, whatever that is, but also set them up for life as well. So there's like loads of skills, isn't there, that you can get from swimming, like organisation, social skills, like all those types of things. And I think because I was a teacher, I think I've always had that mindset of, you know, I see these swimmers for one or two hours in that session, probably eight, nine, ten times a week. So you do become, you know, you do sometimes speak to them a lot more than their parents, you know, it's just what it is because I work with teenagers, so they never speak to their parents, do they? Um, (laughs) Maybe some, maybe someday, maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but I think, you know, you you have to go in with the mind of, you know, you are a role model to them. And if, you know, for me, even if that is just setting somebody up to go to university like Loughborough, you know, then I've done my job and that's, that is the, the only thing that I can kind of, you know, work on really. Yeah. But I think as well, because I, because I obviously went when I was a swimmer myself, I, I, it was, it was quite negative at times. I, I kind of value, I kind of said to myself, I'd never be that coach. You know, I'd never be that coach that was at the end of the lane shouting or whatever. I never would be it. Like if I shout, it's, it's for a valid reason kind of thing. And yeah. I think, I think 
swimmers and athletes you know if they feel comfortable and they feel supported and they trust you they'll do anything for you they will literally just do anything um and that's something that i try and instill in the club and hopefully the swimmers feel supported and you know and stuff like that and yeah that's kind of how i go really yeah, with it and you know it's 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 something that you know it's always you can't please everybody and you're never going to and that's that's just generally as life but i think as long as you can say right well, i've done my best for that summer i did what i could then at least then there's no regret there or there's no kind of animosity or anything like that really yeah. that's the that's what we try yeah <laughs> it'd be interesting to hear what you guys think about us because obviously you've seen like loads of different clubs haven't you so yeah, no, I, I mean, well, that is probably the feel that I would get from 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 you guys. And I can't imagine you being a particularly shouty kind of <laughs> screaming in the face kind of coach. I imagine if they really teach you off, you're more of that like I'm just disappointed kind of. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. One of them. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the word. That's it. It'll just kill him every time, won't it? That's yeah. it. Definitely. Yeah, I am. I try to. Yeah, definitely. I'll be using that one if they're not getting in the pool at the weekend, Joe. I'll use that one. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's <laughs> always where you like your mum would say that to you when you yes. oh no, I'd rather you just yeah. shit at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I've got to go away and feel bad for ages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I make him feel bad. Don't get you don't get me wrong, I make yeah. him feel bad if they've done something. I'm like, mm, you know, so but yeah, but they are, to be honest with you, they are great. I'm very fortunate to have some really great swimmers, and I think that is half the battle really. Because I think that if if it gets to the point where that's not the case where yeah. you know the summit just isn't enjoying it then you know i think it's a time to say well there's there's plenty of other clubs to go and to go and see and you know and and it's important to just go and have a look at what's out there but obviously do it in the in the right way yeah exactly i mean it, it it's like we've said on some other podcasts isn't it they've got to want to do it themselves and take absolutely doing and yep. if they're not yep. really wanting to do it there's no point in you as a coach trying to force them to do it, which no. are all that, you know, yeah. disappointment yeah. and like all oh, yeah. annoyed comes yeah. in. You shouldn't have to be trying to make them do stuff because really being yeah. part of a competitive swimming club, you should be there yeah. hopefully because you want to be and you want to yeah. be better. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, because, um, you know, I could write anything on the board, but if, if they have, if the swimmer hasn't got the drive, hasn't got, you know, the focus, you know, as a coach, you can only do so much. Mm. And I think, you know, the onus has to be on that swimmer because potentially yeah. they're the ones that are going to walk behind the block, you know, no one's holding their hand or anything like that. And I think that's a really important thing, particularly when you've, you know, when you're coming into it and you're kind of, um, you know, it, kind of the age group level and stuff like that, it's, it's starting to become a bit more independent. Mm. And I think it's also important and i say this all the time as well is that you've obviously got the athlete coach and parent triangle which is so important because if everyone's on the same page that athlete will be absolutely fantastic and if the if the roles kind of get blurred which they can do sometimes because obviously you all know you know uh, how it is um it's the athletes that's going to suffer because that athlete is the one that's going to be quite anxious when they go behind the blocks because they'll think, hang on a minute, my parents are saying, or my guardian, whoever's looking after me, they're saying one thing. Oh my God, the coach is saying another thing. What am I going to do? Because I'm going to, I'm going to accept somebody here. Yeah. And I think I would just never want to put a child in that situation to feel anxious going behind the blocks. 
So I always say, like on the county programmes, I always say, parents, you have your role, absolutely have your valid role. It's a very important role you have, but you're kind of more of the emotional support side mm-hmm. and the coach is the tactical and technical side. And it yeah. shouldn't, it shouldn't blurred because, or blur, sorry, because as you say, that athlete is the one that's going to suffer and they'll get quite anxious and stuff like that. But hopefully, um, as we go back to the pool, there's no open meets anyway. So hopefully people can get back in and just start enjoying the sport again. Cause I think we've got a massive responsibility of actually just getting the sport back yeah. regardless of any competitions or anything like that. I think it's like a wider thing that we've got to try and, um, try and just try and focus and work hard to get back to where we were or the new norm as they say yeah oh well bring on saturday for you guys i know yeah oh Amazing god yeah. Times. yeah i just i just hope they don't die like i hope they can do 50 <laughs> meters like, i'm just debating are they are they going to be able to do it but we'll see i'll let you know I'll, I'll, you know i'll count them in and count them out and hopefully it's the same number <laughs> head counts every 10 minutes so <laughs> yeah, i'm sure definitely. they'll be great and they're just yeah, they will. Being, being back in and getting the feel yeah i mean it, it will feel weird and for a while yeah. i think that's kind of what they need to understand isn't it it's not just going to yeah, absolutely back into feeling right and normal again it will take a while yeah. but Mm. time is your opportunity to maybe correct some of the things that you were struggling to correct last season because it's kind of like you all your neurological systems have kind of flattened out again and you get to rebuild them so absolutely yeah definitely time in that respect I think but um slight tangent we go off in a slight different direction but one thing I wanted to ask you about is coaching swimming coaching and uh, feel like maybe in a lot of other sports as well it, it appears to be quite a male dominant uh, sort of career path to take you know not in any negative way or anything like that but it just appears to be that way I mean do you sort of have an opinion as to why that might be with with you being in the career yourself or you know do you find that there's an advantage to being a female as a swimming coach as well so um so when I did my MSc, I, you have to end obviously with a thesis. And I actually looked at this as, as um, one of my, as my main project, really. Oh, and I know, yeah. great question. Hey, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of it was, so a lot of the, um, the participants that I used, they basically talked about like the, the life work balance. So being a coach, you're basically, whether you, whether you are or whether you're not, most of the time you're kind of accessible 24 hours a day like people email you like 11 o'clock at night and expect an email straight back you know it's that kind of thing and it's a very complex environment a lot of emotion um a lot of stresses a lot of kind of um you know achievements and things like that so i think a lot of it is the work-life balance so like having families and it's that traditional thing of um you know people want families and then therefore you know as a female role sometimes you have to obviously do a bit more or less or whatever and it's that that's probably a difficult area um the lack of role models came up I mean I did my thesis I did my thesis in 2016 and obviously there's a lot more females around now and even on pool side you can see a lot more females not necessarily in head coach positions but in, in just around which is fantastic to see in any sport um so I think role models is probably one thing as well not having having someone to kind of you know look up to and things like that obviously we've got Mel Marshall and and Lisa Bates and people like that that obviously have made significant um you know progress in their careers and things which is fantastic um but I think that's got a lot to do with it and I also think 
um, the research came out was um, a lot of females that had been on poolside, they'd always had an issue with a male coach, like whether that had been very dogmatic or whether that had been kind of insulting or anything like that. And it just literally put them off. Um, and potentially, um, or not put them off, but it kind of made them a little bit more cautious and, and things like that. Um, and I guess it's just, it's kind of breaking down the ceiling, isn't it? And, and saying, actually, it's a good thing to have a female coach on poolside and a male coach on poolside because male and females, we do think differently, you know, we do act differently, you know, and it's just, just the world really. And I think having a female coach, um, I guess it's, I mean, I guess I suppose I'm more not mothering because that's the wrong word to use, but I'm more of kind of um, like reassurance and kind of um, just making sure that, um, you know, everyone's supported and probably, I probably do it probably a little bit more than I should uh, on some things. But I think sometimes people react better with females sometimes they react better with males it just depends kind of you know what how you work with it um but yeah so that's kind of what the research was but there was some you know there was some really positive stuff coming through in terms of like um you know coach education i know that you have uh, the female coaching network that was set up a couple of years back that is obviously primarily for female coaches and they do present quite a lot of role models on there like different sports like football you know um uh, you know baseball like american like loads of different things but i think it has definitely changed as it's gone over the years like i definitely see there's a lot more females i particularly and i haven't gone out particularly and done this but my club has actually got a lot of female coaches in it it's probably in the county it's probably got more female coaches in it than than anything really um yeah. but in a sense that does have its own negative as well that you they probably have a lot more to balance in terms of like family life and 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 other things and stuff like that i mean guys do as well but i do notice that females obviously have more of a um more of a time with that side of it and that might be because of society it might be just might be just my opinion but it's kind of what i've i've seen and i've researched and stuff like that really so okay it's very interesting it's very interesting thesis it is yeah and obviously there's no right way there's no wrong way at all like the way Mm. it is at at the minute Mm. but how do you how do you feel on poolside say you go to meets and like you've been head coach of the pathway team and everything like that yeah i I presume heading up a group with um a lot of male coaches in there as well Mm -hmm. how do you feel kind of being on poolside do you does it make you feel kind of really proud that you've um sort of achieve those roles and kind of you are in those positions and really kind of proud to be in quite a male dominant kind of career how how does it yeah yeah I think when I first started when I was a lot younger I found it quite hard because there generally wasn't anyone around then and you would often get ignored you'd often kind of um yeah you just yeah you just wouldn't be kind of felt like you were welcome or anything um but as society's moved on and more females are around and things like that, yeah, it is, it is really empowering actually to, you know, go and as you say, be on these teams and be on like the head coach of the county and, you know, be recognized for, you know, staying there and getting through that and actually not budging and saying, actually, I have every right to be here myself just because I'm female. Um, but it's also really good because I find that working with any coach, female or male, I think if you know your stuff, I think 
it, it, it's a lot easier. I yeah. think if you didn't, if you didn't know your stuff and you were trying to tell somebody something, then they probably wouldn't be kind of going with you on your kind of ethos or whatever you've got. So I think as long as you know your stuff and you're trying to support everybody, I think it, it makes life a lot easier, but yeah, no, definitely. I, I think it's great actually. And when I go on poolside now, I do look out for just female coaches and I think, Oh, brilliant. Well done. You know, fantastic. You've got there, but also in, um, in my thesis, um, it was a lot of the younger, so the majority, um, sorry, the minority were females and young coaches, like young male coaches were kind of the two areas where, um, felt like they needed some more support so it's really great to see like young 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 sorry young coaches like male and female also being on poolside because they're the next generation aren't they and they're the ones that yeah. need to be supported so so yeah amy i feel very very proud <laughs> to be yes. on poolside definitely yes. <laughs> so cool so once you hit the uh, the water on on saturday yes you're going to be doing what's the what's the plan <laughs> what's the plan of action oh. in and uh, oh yeah so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i think like 20 meters and climb out and go home i think that's probably what i'm gonna do no, <laughs> fine it'll be fine um so i think what we've done is we've taken a lot of guidance from swim england and i have also like throughout the years i've kind of got to know different coaches and things like that so i've kind of seeked out what they're doing because i know a lot of the coaches are already back in the pool and also just give them a bit of an idea of kind of what they're doing and kind of what works um I think for me, um, the guidance has said like low aerobic stuff. So um, obviously not like 800, you're not going to swim for the whole hour. You're going to have a little bit of break as you go. But it's just making sure the heart rate doesn't come up too quickly or too, too high. And um, I'm going to want to put a bit of kick in there and just basically get them back to basics and do some drills yeah. and just a lot of sculling so they can feel the water preferably with snorkels on that one i'm a bit reluctant to bring pull in i think at the moment just because i'm a bit concerned about the shoulders and stuff but i think we're just going to have to gradually bring it in particularly for the first month and then um then start bringing in a bit of a bit of speed work um just to kind of um like periodically in the sessions just to kind of fire up a little bit if we can even if they can just do like one one of like 25 meters i'd be happy but yeah. i think it is literally going to be like um a suck it and see kind of thing and um and just take one session at a time and I think one thing I've said to my coaches, and I have put out to my swimmers as well, I will, I've got someone else to do it actually, um, is, you know, if a swimmer turns up and it's just not working for them or um, they're really struggling, it's okay to just leave the session and start again the next session. Like if, if half an hour is good for you and that's all you've got in the tank on that day, then that's fine. You just climb out and you kind of, you try the next day and it's not, to say that you're bad it's just that at that moment in time your body can't give anything else yeah. so i think that's really important because i think a lot of a lot of people are probably going to be a little bit nervous some excitement as well of course to get back in the pool which is brilliant um yeah. but i think it's just important just to maybe focus on the process don't worry about times don't like you said amy don't think about where you were last season because it's a new start for everybody and who knows you might even be you know 20 million times better than last season you know it's just it's just 
I think giving yourself a bit of time and being a bit kind to yourself and think, right, I can do 15 minutes today or whatever it is and just not have that pressure on you. Because I think as soon as that pressure goes on you, it's very difficult to kind of focus and, and then even, uh, you know, try your best and stuff. So I think that's a bit of advice that I'm going to be putting, well, I will be putting through to my swimmers. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's going to be interesting on Saturday for sure. Cause we're outside in like cold, <laughs> cold weather. So we might as well go, we might as well start as we mean to go on. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, it's just gonna be one step at a time and obviously just taking guidance from what swimming and recommend and, and stuff like that really. So I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, do. Yeah. I mean, expect the doms, I think is one thing. Yeah. It? Oh my God, yeah. You'll have some soreness. Regardless of doing it at home, swimming is totally different, really. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Will you you ask them to sort of, or encourage them to keep going with their land work? I'm guessing you can't come together to do land work yet still. So will you encourage them to keep doing bits at home? Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. So what we've been doing is, we've been doing a workout for each week. So obviously I've been furloughed, so I can't um, potentially send this information out and stuff. But I've I've had a great, I've had... um, great help on sending out that information so every week from week one up to week 20 now something i think oh my god it might be a week oh, lost, yeah. Um, yeah. i know i'm lost as well what day is it um and um basically so every from week one up until now they've had workout land workouts and obviously there's got to be a bit of trust there from the coach and the swimmer to, to do them yeah. and obviously i know i have some swimmers that that you know go on cycle you know they they're triathletes so they're fine so what I, what I think we still need to do is obviously keep that in because potentially with the time slots we've got and, and that as well, I think that's probably going to really help um, kind of keep their fitness level up to, to a point because I appreciate land and pool fitness is very different. Um, and also um, there's instructions of like mobility work there and stretching and stuff like that. So for us, um, the swimmers are going to have to do pre and post pool stretches off pool side because they can't be kind of in the area so that so again that that hopefully it will be a good thing because they'll be able to develop their independence they'll be able to kind of um develop their focus and hopefully stop the doms from coming as well um but i think the important thing is is to kind of realize it's not going to be the same as it was before lockdown and just kind try your best to go with the flow as much as you can and um yeah just kind of see how it goes really yeah definitely so kind of scrapping periodization for now there's no competitions to worry about just no. get the love yeah. water back and absolutely back absolutely and yeah yeah definitely and then hopefully as time goes on and and we're all you know it's getting a bit better then hopefully we'll be able to add some more pool time in and then um we'll potentially we'll be able to do land work because i believe you can do land work outside but it's it's different between adults and children but potentially we don't have massive amount of space to kind of do that as well so it's kind of just i guess trying to look at it for safety is is kind of our first first priority at the moment and yeah just getting the love for the water back as well and you know and there might be some swimmers that come back and think actually this just isn't right for me and i just you know, I thought I wanted to come back and I didn't. And, you know, and I think it's a new start for everybody and, you know, and hopefully everybody starts with a fresh positive and yeah, supportive as much as they can really. I mean, I I know there's even some coaches that are sort of nervous about going back and think Mm. that they don't really want to go back onto deck until they can just Mm. start as they were. 
you know, just kind yeah. of as as normal as normal was. Like, mm-hmm. what what are your thoughts on that? And what would you say to coaches that there maybe like you just mentioned, swimmers might be nervous. What about coaches being nervous and not being able to perform the job in the typical? Yeah. Like, is it? It's all just brand new. What what we're thinking? Yeah. I think I think for me, um, like one thing I learned as a teacher is that you've got to be adaptable. Yeah. So there were times when obviously I planned a lesson and it was raining, so we had to come in and you had to literally think on your feet and think, oh my gosh, right, okay, I'm just going to do this. So I think being adaptable is probably the best thing I would recommend. But also I think having some time to reflect as well. So, you know, and I'm going to be really open with my swimmers. I'm going to say, right, I've planned a set. I have no idea how it's going to, how it's going to go, but I might need to change as we go. And if we do, it's not a problem. Cause I find that being honest with them, like being honest is such a, such a, a good thing because potentially then they know that, that actually whatever decision you make is the best for them. Yeah. So I, you know, I've already mentioned to my coaches, let's keep the warm up. This, you know, whatever set you, you know, you've planned, let's keep the warm up the same. So the swimmers know what that warm up is. And then after that, if we need to adapt it, we can. But I think it's going to be not being rigid and thinking it's okay to change. Yeah. And I think maybe trying new things is probably something to to kind of look at because potentially we're all starting from from the same point in a sense yeah um but i think being adaptable um i mean don't get me wrong i'm i'm in my head now i'm thinking about how the social distancing is going to work and and things like that but most clubs should have a covid officer and that covid officer is obviously that's their job to kind of just make sure all that side is is sorted so you don't necessarily need to have that pressure all the time of thinking about where the kids are and things but i think try and plan as much as you can or have a rough idea of what you what you're trying to trying to get to the point of and i think it's just going to have to be one session at a time and talk to other people i think because there's some great there are some fantastic coaches out there that are so willing to pass on knowledge and so willing to say like oh my gosh i tried this it certainly didn't work you know you try it but you know but i think having your athletes come with you and also obviously you don't want to, it's like a power relationship. So um, as much as you want to be in control of the session and in control of like everything that happens, it's not going to be like that because it's very social complex. It never happens the way you plan it. Like I have never done a session, even when I was a teacher, I never did a session where it went exactly the way that I planned it because it just doesn't. So I think having like having the opportunity to speak to the swimmers Obviously, if you've got older swimmers, this is, if you've got like juniors and things like that, it probably might not be as easy to do that. But, you know, because they might also have some advice as well. And I think giving them the opportunity to have a bit of choice in their sessions gives them a little bit of ownership of, right, I'm going to try a bit of backstroke now. I'm going to try a bit of breaststroke. And then building that trust up and that bond is, is really important. But I think it is going to literally be one session at a time or maybe one five, maybe five minutes at a time, maybe for me at the moment. <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let you know if my session plan is anything like I planned it, but <laughs> we'll see. But, but yeah, I think it's just, it is going out into the unknown, isn't it? And I think until you're out in it and you've started that one session, I think as it goes on, it will get easier. 
And yeah. I think it's just as long as you've got support there and you've got people to talk to and don't be, I, I kind of think don't be scared if you get it wrong because you're like, you know, what, I tried it. It didn't work. I'm not going to be doing that again, yeah. you know, because otherwise if you don't try it, you're never going to know really. So hopefully that, that helps somebody. <laughs> yeah, true. definitely. And it, with no pressure of competition coming up anytime soon either. Yeah. That, that takes that side of it away. So you're not trying Absolutely. for something and thinking I need to get this in. I need to get that in. Yeah, it's like taking a bit of guidance from them of what they feel they need at that time yeah. and trying to work around that as best possible isn't it yeah yeah it's a small uh well not, not even small but like age group uh, level clubs predominantly like amy said there's probably even less pressure whereas i guess if you're in a senior program and you're aiming for mm. tokyo 21 i know i know time frame a little bit more yeah yes yeah you haven't got that time frame to worry about do you put any yeah. plans in your head of like i want them this place by october i want them to be in this kind of shape by christmas heading to the new year we're just going to be back onto it or is that just not possible to do um i think for me it's um it's so as you say there's no open meets or anything so i think it's a great time to like think of the process so think of like your streamlining think of your fly leg kicks think about not breathing off your turns and things like that and um, I think if I can get everybody in that mindset and be like, right, when we are focusing on the process, because that's still a focus, because I think some swimmers might struggle with the fact that they don't have any open meets and they'll just think, what's the point in training? I say, yeah, but you've got to go through the process in order to get the end goal, so to speak, you know, if that's an open meet. And I think for me, I would love, I would, I, I would hope because obviously August is always difficult as well, isn't it? Because everyone's going on holiday or maybe not at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, quarantine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have got some actually coming back at quarantine for two weeks in a bit. Oh. Um, um, but I think it's, yeah, I think for me, ordinarily, I would have said, right, I need to bring speed work in quite quickly and I want their speed to be in kind of round October time in readiness for like Midlands or, or Midlands short course or because yeah. um, we, we obviously had the uh, county window as well. But obviously that's completely gone out now. So for me, I think it's very difficult to kind of, um, kind of come up with what I would expect. I would expect October about six, eight weeks for them to be reasonably comfortable for me to start bringing in stuff. Um, but obviously that means have, have they trained enough to get up to that point as well? Cause we've only got so many hours. Yeah. So I think it's kind of, again, it's kind of seeing what they're doing. I know I've spoken to a couple of other coaches that have, that they're going to bring in speed work kind of around October time and stuff like yeah. that. And I think from England are also going to bring some extra stuff in to say right now, try this and this and this. But I think it all is on the amount of pool time that you have. And yeah. obviously if that's something also is consistently coming as well, as well as doing their land training work, I think it's going to have to be a lot of communication and a lot of trust and to be honest with you, you're going to see in the pool, aren't you? Like if someone hasn't done anything at all over lockdown, you're going to, it's going to be obvious, isn't it? But, you know, but it's trying to just encourage them to say, right, it's now you, you got to start because it's just going to be uncomfortable for you to watch and for them to do it as well. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, well it will. Cause you just think, oh gosh, this is just not working. And I just wouldn't want to put any summer in that situation where they would just feel uncomfortable. But at some point, 
you've got to get comfortable with the uncomfortable haven't you and you've, you've yeah, just got to go for it and yeah so I think that's a tough question Joe I think I might have yeah. to get back to you on that one <laughs> I think I'll just let you know when I bring in some stuff but yeah I think it's um it'd be interesting times that's that's for sure interesting yeah I do like what you said about um you know focusing on even right back down to basics like streamlining off the wall and not breathing yeah. of turns and stuff and as you know, that's that's a big thing of ours. We love the technique yeah. side of You do. You so do. It's kind of what we what we like to do. Yeah. For me, I feel like that is your foundation. That's that's your base. Yeah. And you can't start building speed and stuff in my opinion no. until you've got that base right. Otherwise you can only go yeah. so far. If you're yeah, absolutely theology to it, then it only takes yeah. you so far. But if you've got yeah. the efficiency and the, yeah. the skills and yeah. the that's where it's going to enable you to get more out of your speed and everything else when it gets to it. So I feel like yeah, in respect is, is a great opportunity to, to go back to those basics because very often I think, I think a lot of swimmers like athletes in general that you've done it for years, you know, swimming tech, people tend to start from when they're really young. You think, Oh, I've done all that. I've done all the basics. So I'll, yeah. I'll mm -hmm. it. and it's really not the case. It's something like we would keep coming back to all the time in our training uh, doing those drills, you know, focusing on those skills, trying to keep improving the basics, like the tightness of your streamline, whether you can get that extra kick in, or, you know, just the, the breakouts, all of that, we'd still be focusing on that. And I think this is just a great opportunity for them to go back to those basics if they don't normally anyway. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, because my another worry is, and it sounds really stupid, is that whether people can actually get in a streamlined position, because if they haven't <laughs> done that position for like four or five months, their muscles are going to feel very uncomfortable. So I think it is basically starting from, you know, starting from a, from a, as you say, like a starting again. Yeah. And if you can get those things right, then that is what's going to make you go faster, not the, you know, the amount of times. Because I, I remember Ian always saying, you know, if you had like 12 hours in the pool fine but if you've only got six it's what you do in those hours rather than the hours that you've got and it's the same for the athletes it's like if you turn up for a session that's an hour and you're just plodding along and you know you're just doing it just to do it but not necessarily get anything out of it then you know it's a bit of a waste of time but I think the one thing that I was bringing into my coaches last season and to the athletes is let's say you know you are feeling a little bit uncomfortable in the streamlined position. Um, see if you can do it for maybe 10 minutes of the session and then carry on with the rest of it. And then the next session, build it up. So then do it for 15 minutes and build it up. So don't feel like you've got to go in your first session and do streamlining for the whole, you know, the whole time or whatever your drill is. It's kind of just building up gradually and being consistent about it so that you can actually, you know, progress it on as well. Yeah, I think that's that's generally a good way of thinking of goals that you set yourself because absolutely, yeah. Wanting to go into a session and think I need to do this the whole session from today onwards, like that's yeah. quite a it big doesn't happen. No, and and I like to kind of like you said do incremental, incremental and a, maybe a bit at the start and a bit at the end so you get your muscle yeah. effort leaving absolutely. Well. Uh, so you finish on a high note sort of thing. So when yeah, you, definitely, which you'll feel definitely getting back in when they feel fatigued <laughs> after half an hour of swimming you know maybe yeah. So, yeah great way to look at it and uh, really appreciate you talking to us today Kim and I think no, it's fine really good things in there that will help a lot of coaches kind of feel more confident getting back in the water so thank you so much it was lovely to speak to you
Oh, and you guys. Now I'm so glad you're well also. And I'll let you know how my session goes at the weekend. Yeah. Yes, do. Fingers do. crossed for you, Kim. I'm sure uh, everyone will get in and yeah. get the same numbers. <laughs> yeah, they would. Yeah, de definitely. And I think it's, yeah, it'll just be a relief, won't it, just to feel the water and just get on with it. So, but thank you so much for asking me to obviously come on today. And hopefully what I've said is some use to somebody. So definitely sure will be, thank yeah. you so much fingers crossed for the weather means you're outdoors as well i know yeah i'll bring my umbrella just in case <laughs> see you soon, kim. Bye, see you. Bye. Bye. bye thanks to kim for speaking with us today and thanks to you guys for listening too we hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next time